Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. Was it ketchup, blood, or dog poop? Would you take a closer look to find out? I did, and thankfully it was ketchup all over the couch. Unfortunately, my recent stay at a five-star hotel in Las Vegas couldn't get a five-star review from me. And it's not even because of how dirty this room was that I stayed in, but because the customer service that I experienced, or really the lack thereof, just had me all riled up. And I'm going to share it with you in this episode from hair and makeup to stains and finger smudges and half drunk wine bottles. Whoever had this room before me sure had a great time, but why was this room turned over as ready? And what can we all learn from my experience at this hotel as it applies to your pet business? Was I just being a high maintenance customer or did I have a reason to express my concerns? Listen to find out. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses, and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you, mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. Yes. So welcome back to another episode of the Boss Your Business podcast for pet professionals, where we dive deep into the pet industry. We're going real deep today over at a trade show, (laughs) all to help you create a more successful and profitable business. And I'm just so thrilled to have you here with me today. As you already heard from the previous episode about the Super Zoo recap, it was fantastic to see so many of you. 
and uh, recording this episode now back at home. I'm just reminiscing and realizing, gosh, I missed you guys. It was so great to meet you in person. If we haven't had a chance to meet in person, I hope to meet you someday. So before I share the story, I just want to remind you guys to hit that subscribe button on this podcast so that you never miss an episode because we pack them full with valuable insights, all to help you with your pet business. And of course, if you find this episode extra helpful, please consider leaving me a review because your feedback really helps uh, the podcast reach more small business owners in the pet industry who can benefit from the discussions I have here. My story today is about my recent stay at the Delano Hotel in Las Vegas. I was there attending a pet industry trade show called SuperZoo, and I've stayed there many, many times actually, and it's always been really lovely. Like I said, this is a five-star hotel. I love the lobby. It's a great vibe. It's not as casino-like or as busy and chaotic, so it feels like a little zen spot over in that Mandalay Bay complex. And I had booked a two-bedroom suite. So we had one room with a king, another bedroom with two queen beds, and then connecting the two rooms was a living room space. We had a couple kitchenettes and extra bathrooms. I mean, it was really, really nice because I was traveling there with baby pet boss Carmine and his nanny. They were both traveling with me along with another pet boss team member who was going to be staying in the room. So I really wanted a lot of extra space because I wanted everyone to have their own space. And I knew that maybe Carmine and Elizabeth would be hanging out in the hotel room a lot, depending on how he handled the trade show floor and so on. And so, and I knew it was just going to be a long week. So I wanted the extra space. Now, what happened is, you know, we had this long day of travel. I live about three hours away from the major airport that could get us on a direct flight there. So I had to drive three hours and not just me, but Elizabeth and Carmine and I, we drove the three hours. We got on the plane. We had about a four hour plane ride. And then we ended up at the hotel. Now I'm somebody, when I get into a hotel room, I love to just go ahead and unpack. So we started doing that. We unpacked, we had a crib delivered for Carmine. We had a mini fridge because of his food and feeding supplies, because the fridges in Vegas, at least the hotels that we usually stay at, they do pack them with all kinds of goodies. But the minute you take anything out of their mini fridges, even if you wanted to replace it with your own, they will charge you. So here's something that I learned though, is that a lot of hotels, they do bring you a little mini fridge. You'd have to pay for it. And typically you'd have to pay something like $35 a day for it. But when you are traveling with a baby and if you are nursing or you have formula for them, then they waive that refrigerator fee, which is a nice, nice thing there. And also the cribs or pack and plays are also usually complimentary. So we had those delivered. So I've tipped the luggage guy that helped us with our belongings and I tipped the crib and refrigerator guy. And I bring this up because there's going to be another interesting point here. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, we are unpacked. We are getting settled. And as we're unpacking and getting settled, I kind of noticed that the room is really messy. Okay. Like really messy. So I touched the nightstand and it's covered in dust. I was like, okay, well maybe somebody didn't dust. No problem. We decided to go ahead and give Carmine a bath in the sink in the bathroom. And there was a big, long, gross hair that was just like right on the counter, like really obvious. Like, I don't know where this hair came from, but I couldn't believe housekeeping missed it. But no problem. Okay, we'll wipe the hair away. We'll rinse out the sink. We'll get it ready for him. We change his clothes. We put him on the bed. And I go into the master bed. We're using the the pillows, propping him up. And I go and I, I, I move him and I look and notice that there's like this big 
makeup stain, like a face imprint makeup stain on this kind of pleather white headboard thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, clearly somebody had a good time. But then I was like, well, I also know how hard it is to remove makeup. So maybe they tried to remove the makeup and it just didn't come off. And then I'm just, you know, walking around, just unpacking and noticing just how dirty and dusty things are looking at the carpet. There were stains everywhere. And, and I was just like, gosh, you know, this room is like really beat up. There were finger smudges all over like the mini fridges. And when we'd open the doors in between the hotel rooms, the adjoining rooms, like they were just covered fingerprint smudges, like really, it was just really dirty. (laughs) Okay. And in my mind, I was like, all right, I can overlook a lot of this stuff because I don't know. I'm just like, I know that obviously hotels go through phases where maybe they're at a moment where they need to be remodeled and renovated. And maybe this hotel needed that. That That's one of my thoughts. The other thought was just that, you know, I, I can't imagine the kinds of condition that these rooms are left in sometimes. And that housekeeping either is being pushed to the max to, to get rooms cleaned within a certain amount of time frame. So maybe their corporate companies are, you know, the owners are coming in and requiring them to do a certain amount of rooms in a certain amount of time. And maybe they're understaffed as well. And so I felt like, well, maybe the people that go through this don't have the time to really dust everything. Maybe they don't have the money to replace the carpets right now, or maybe nobody said that the carpets needed to be treated. I don't know. I'm just, you know, making lots of excuses for them on why the room might be in this condition. And so, you know, we weren't thinking much of it here. We're already unpacking. I guess I can go through and like kind of clean some things up. Well, that I guess was a kind of just lesson number one for us here in this experience. Lesson number one is that I want you to think about, are we rushing too fast anywhere in our businesses? Are we requiring our team to rush too fast? Because the beds were made, the towels were changed, the toilet paper had been fixed, new soap had been put out, right? But the room still was very dirty. So are there places in your pet business where you might be rushing a process? Maybe it's how you clean up your grooming room, or if you're prepping your boarding areas, cleaning your boarding areas, or something like that. So let's lesson one is to look internally at where could we slow down our process to, to make the whole experience better for not just our customers, but also our team members. But then lesson, you know, two really is that maybe the person who is cleaning this room didn't have the proper training on all the things that maybe the, the company would actually love for their housekeeping staff to do. So that's an opportunity there for us. Lesson number two is have we trained our team on all of the things that we want them to do in their role? Lesson three is do we inspect what we expect? Okay, do we inspect what we expect? Meaning, is there checks and balances of some sort to ensure that our company's deliverables are being met at our standards, what our standards of running our companies are, but also what the customer's expectations of that is? So lots to just to kind of unpack and reflect on for our own pet businesses here and thinking about the messy room. So then the next thing that happens is I'm like, okay, you know, I'm somebody who loves my wine. I love Pinot Grigio. I love Pinot Noir. I love my wine. And I know they charge a lot in the hotel rooms for beverage, but I had had this long day of travel and I was ready to open up that mini fridge and crack open a bottle of wine. So I go over to our mini fridge, I open the bottle, I grab a glass, I notice that the glass in the mini bar is all very dusty, the shelves are dusty, (laughs) but I go ahead, I grab that glass, glass is clean, 
grab the glass, open up the wine bottle. I, you know, I'm thinking, I'm probably talking to Elizabeth and I'm looking at Carmine, pour a glass and it looks really yellow, like really, really dark yellow. And I was like, this doesn't quite look right. And I like put it up to my mouth and it didn't quite smell right. I didn't taste it though. Didn't quite smell right. So then I could look back at the bottle and I realized the bottle now feels like very light, almost empty. And I thought, well, there's no way I just poured myself a little glass. There's no way this bottle would be empty. And sure enough, it had already been drank. Like half the bottle had been drank, maybe resealed and put back in the mini fridge. <laughs> so I was like, okay, all right. I get it. I get it. I get it that, you know, maybe there's a different department that goes through the mini fridge and restocks the mini fridge versus who's cleaned this room. Again, I'm willing to overlook it, but I call the front desk. I'm not willing to overlook the fact I'm going to get charged for this bottle of wine because the system in their refrigerator will automatically ping it as a bill to my room. So I end up calling the front desk and just saying, hey, I got this bottle of wine that is half drank from the mini fridge. I just want to make sure that I'm not charged for it. And he said, no problem. That's, this is, you know, no problem. We will remove it from your bill. We've got that taken care of. Thanks for letting us know. And then hung up. So this is lesson three. Lesson three for us in my experience at this hotel is that instead of just apologizing for something being wrong, how can it actually be fixed or how can the customer still be helped? So yes, he removed the bottle of wine, but there was no offer to come and send housekeeping back up to re to restock the mini fridge. He didn't ask if I wanted another replacement bottle. So I didn't get to have any more wine because there wasn't any more. So anyway, which is not a huge deal, but I just feel like that was an opportunity that the hotel missed to actually, you know, again, make some more money from us. So the lesson there is to look at our own businesses and say, you know, when we are confronted with a situation or a complaint from our customer, do we just say we're sorry and leave it at that? Or do we actually go and find a solution? I encourage you to find a solution, whether it's a grooming appointment that's gone wrong or a pet sitting mishap or a product defect or whatever it might be in your business, show your customers that you're being proactive to their problem and dedicated to finding a solution for them. So as the story continues now, so we, we've realized this room is very messy. We realize that the mini fridge may not be up to par, but I keep moving forward because I have an event that I'm supposed to be at and I don't want to miss it because this is a great opportunity for me to network and meet some new people as well as find some potential new collaborations. As I'm getting ready, you know, I'm doing my hair and Elizabeth's helping unpack and, and getting settled herself. And well, then what ends up happening is that Carmine's getting a little bit fussy. And so we realize we need to give him a bottle. You know, I'm holding him and she's making the bottle and I'm just looking around like where might be a more comfortable place for her to sit while she gives him the bottle. So I go into that living room area space and I notice that there's a nice big chair, but it has kind of low arms, uh, armrests. And so I wanted to pull a pillow over for her to have an area to prop up her arm while she fed Carmine. So I pull a pillow off the couch. Well, that's where I noticed these big red blobs after I moved the pillow. I was like, oh my gosh. And at that point it did look like blood. It looked like a lot of blood. So then I start pulling back all the pillows from the couch and there's this huge trail of what is ketchup or barbecue sauce or something. 
but this huge trail that somebody had intentionally just put this all across the whole back of the couch. And I was like, okay, well, one, this is really gross. And Elizabeth's like, I'm not sitting over there. Like, let's too dirty for the baby. Like, let's move. I'll move into the bedroom. So she moves into the bedroom. I'm at this point, I'm like, I'm going to call the hotel. Like, this is now like <laughs> insane, insane. Again, maybe housekeeping. I wouldn't think of the pillows where it looked fine. You wouldn't think to like pull the pillows off every time. I get that. So anyway, I just call, I finally call and I was like, listen, I, uh, and I spoke to the, just the front desk or whoever guest services answered. And I told them about the situation. And I said, listen, I have come to Las Vegas for oh, almost 15 years for these different trade shows. I come often, I, you know, either pick this hotel or another hotel and I'm just really surprised at the state of this room. It really looks like the quality of the rooms has gone down or, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just really surprised. And I told him the different scenarios and he just said, okay, I'm really sorry about that. I'm showing that this room was checked off as being cleaned. Clearly it's not up to your expectations. Let me talk to my manager and see what we can do. Okay. So my baby's crying. I'm run now running late for this meeting and we're trying to feed him. I've now noticed all this ketchup's all over the couch. I didn't even put me on hold. He's like, I will call your, I'll call the room back once I, I've gotten through to management and have figured out an option for what our options are. So as you know, customer, I'm just getting a little frustrated because I'm like, all right, <laughs> this is lesson number five now for us in business is that we need to empower our team members to handle any customer issues like effectively. Okay. So while this person seems very sympathetic and willing to listen and willing to escalate my concerns, it just caused more delays in resolving this whole issue. And I have been at hotels before where it's no problem. Those people at the very first front of the line, they know what their options are. They know they can move you. They know they can comp whatever, like they get it taken care of in most situations. I've had it happen a few times because I travel a lot. I, well, not so much anymore, but I used to travel a lot. And it was easy. Whenever there were any room issues, they would take care of it. So I was a little surprised by that. So lesson five is how can we empower our teams to just come something, give a discount, make a decision? Are there moments in your customer's experience where your team is constantly having to come to the manager or come ask you the owner, like what they should do to make it right or bringing that situation up to you and causing, you know, more work for you and distracting you? Because I mean, whether you run a pet store, a grooming salon, or a training center, your employees really should be equipped with the authority and the tools at their disposal to address customer concerns without needing to like speak to the manager. Because imagine this scenario, right? A client comes to pick up their dog from your daycare and notices a small scratch like on their paw. Instead of having to wait for you, the owner, to come down and like address the situation, your staff should be able to kind of step in, offer a heartfelt apology maybe give some sort of complimentary service for them for just like, I mean, even if you can't marry it to the exact same scenario of how to fix that, but maybe the person's going to have to go to the vet now to potentially have something looked at from the dog. And maybe you don't want to pay that vet bill or you can't pay that vet bill at the time, but you're willing to just do a nice gesture that for the inconvenience, we will give your dog a complimentary bath on their next visit. Um, it just demonstrates that goodwill and maybe your team is more willing to commit to resolving the issue promptly. And if that doesn't suffice or isn't helpful for the customer, then it could get escalated and brought you in because, you know, empowering your team to handle the customer concerns actually will foster a sense of ownership for them and give them a sense of accountability. Plus it frees up our time, your time. The owner of the business, just instead of worrying about those discounts, 
or minor situations. It allows us to focus on just bigger aspects of running the business and not be interrupted so much. So just something to think about. All right. So now I'm still getting ready, finishing, getting ready so I can go to this event. And I get a call back from this person and they tell me the options were that they could either downgrade me, which wasn't a huge deal because I guess I didn't even realize I was in a special room with some sort of air filtration system. They could downgrade me to a similar size room, just slightly different, or I could stay in my room and the cleaning team, like a cleaning service could come in and get the room cleaned. If I stayed in my room, they were going to give me a $200 credit for the resort. Like it was like resort credits. They were thinking, I guess, that if I stayed in the room, there was a bonus that having those resort credits of the $200, like for me to go get a massage or maybe go enjoy, I don't know what else, but I know that those resort credits do not work like at most of the restaurants or wherever I would need to eat. And I have a very busy schedule there. I'm there for work. I'm not necessarily there for pleasure. So I really didn't have any, any value in those resort credits. But what was interesting is that I only got the credits if I stayed in my existing room. If I moved, then I didn't get the credits. However, they would, you know, obviously refund some money because the room was being downgraded. So here's what was kind of interesting to me is that I had questions about both of these options and he didn't really have answers for me and was kept having to go get things approved by the manager and coming back and back and forth and back and forth. So at this point, me just like trying to get clarity on what my options were and he had to go back to management and back to me. I was like, would the manager just give me a call, please? Like that would have clearly you don't have the ability to solve this problem for me or or make a decision here. So can I just talk to the manager? That would have been one way to go. But but that I didn't even ask that. I was just like, you know, coming from a place of a coachable moment with this person. I was like, <laughs> here's if this was me, this is what I would do. I don't know what authority you have, but you know, and he's like, I'm sorry, I just have to get approval for management. And I wasn't mad at him because I know that this is all the red tape that they're making him go through. So anyway, I asked if I, cause if I did, I said, here's the problem with having the cleaning service come in. I said, the baby is now sleeping. We actually did have room service also called. We had called room service to send some food. So we had already sent that order in before we had called about the couch. And I said, listen, you know, like if you bring a cleaning service in, I mean, this is so dirty here and we're in this room and I haven't even really like settled into this yet. I haven't pulled the covers off the bed. Although my nanny did have a big stain of some other like sort of wet blob on her comforter right at the right on the front and the top. And so I was like, listen, this room is very dirty. It's going to take a while to clean it. And I said, and I have a baby with me He's sleeping now. Are we supposed to leave and go hang out in your lobby? Like, what am I supposed to go do? And how long will this potentially take? And so now you're really inconveniencing me that I'd have to leave the room. It's already nighttime. I've now missed this event that I was going to go to that, which I would have been able to network at and had potential revenue from. And so this has now been stopped because of this whole scenario of you having to take so much time going back and forth and not be able to get back to me. So I really don't want to stay in this existing room because that resort credit's not going to do much for me. And I feel like by bringing this cleaning service in, it actually is really disruptive to having the baby here. So I would like to take, I guess, the option of moving rooms. Could I though go look at that room before I, we make the big move because I have already unpacked. So if I'm going to move rooms, I want to make sure that the filthiness of this one room is just this room. And it's not just kind of the theme that's happened now at this hotel, because I'm going to have to repack everything. We'll have to move the baby. We have to get a new crib. We got to get a new mini fridge, all that stuff. Right. 
And I said, so can I just go see it to make sure that it's right before I make this decision? And he said, no. He said that due to COVID restrictions, we are not letting guests see the rooms in advance. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Mainly because not because I'm not saying that that rule months ago, years ago was a fine rule, but no one is wearing masks in the hotel anymore. Nobody's doing anything with, with like COVID safety rules. And you're telling me now that I can't go see this room. I can't just go like peek my head in unless I pack up all my stuff and get down there and then notice that I'm disappointed with this room as well. And so we maybe have to find a different room. I don't know. So that was also very frustrating. So, and in this process too, I was like, well, if I have now someone else going to have to help us with bags, like, would you like me to have call someone to help you with the bags? And I said, yes, but now I'm going to have to tip this next person. I've already tipped one luggage guy. I've tipped the crib and refrigerator guy. Like, and now I'm going to have to tip somebody else again. And he said, well, ma'am, tipping's not required. You didn't have to do that. And you don't have to do it now. I'm like, well, <laughs> that's what I do though. It is what I do. I want to make sure I'm in a service-based industry as well. I want to make sure that people are taken care of. Anyway, so the next guy comes up, we move all our stuff, we go to the new room and for the most part, it's perfect. It's great. Okay. There were some issues, a couple little issues, but nothing major, but the guy who ended up helping us move the luggage had to go back down and back up and back down because of the things that weren't done right. Like the keys weren't working. The refrigerator wasn't working. This wasn't there, all that good stuff. So it was just kind of nuts, but he did walk through the room with us, make sure everything was that was settled back in. And so of course I tipped him. And in my mind, I'm like, this person who's helping me now, it's not his fault. The hotel hasn't figured out how to make this right yet with me. So lesson six, I guess, of this next stage here is that, is it difficult for your customers to find a solution? Do you, like, do you and your business make it challenging for the customer to have a good experience when they are upset or when there's been an issue? Take, for example, uh, I mean, this happens all the time, I feel like, but a destroyed dog toy. You know, maybe the dog toy didn't hold up to the customer's expectations. Do you cause a lot of friction around having that replaced or returned? Or if the dog didn't like a bag of treats that they purchased from you. I mean, I've had that happen before when I had my pet retail store. And I always thought that was so crazy that when someone would, they'd buy treats from us, they'd open the bag of treats at home and then they would come back and return it because their dog didn't like it. And in my mind, I thought that was insane because I was like, you don't buy chips to the grocery store, open them at home and go, I don't really like these and go back to the grocery store. I mean, I don't do that. I don't know. Maybe you do that. I don't do that. I think that's insane. So I thought it was always insane when people would do that to me in my pet retail store. However, we want to be thinking more about how can we make it right for this particular customer? Because obviously this is important to this individual customer. And so what can we do to find a treat that their dog would like? Like, how can we make this better? So I'm just curious. I want you to think about this for yourself here. And in lesson six is to think about are, are we making it too difficult to actually make it right with the customer? So in this example, there was too much back and forth, too much red tape to get to talk to the manager. They're also my, you know, being downgraded, but also not getting any credit or not figuring out like, why was, why was the $200 credit just associated to if I stayed and had even more disruption in my stay by having cleaning services coming through there versus I'm also very sorry that you have to pack up all your stuff and tip a guy again and move into a new space that we're not letting you see. 
but we're not willing to give you that same credit. Like it didn't make sense to me really. Okay. So I want you to also just think about like, well, when the customers complain, why are they complaining? What's the situations and how can you just remove all the friction there to make it a better experience? At the end of the day with all of this, I really want you to think about the lifetime value of your customers. Because we need to really turn any dissatisfied customers into loyal advocates somehow. And it might sound counterintuitive to do that, but a well-handled complaint can actually lead to stronger customer loyalty than if the issue had never occurred to begin with. When you can resolve a problem effectively, customers often appreciate your honesty, your transparency, and your dedication to making it right. This positive impression then will deepen their trust in your business. Now, I go back to Las Vegas at least once or more a year. Do you think I'm going to go back to the Delano? I don't know. But I'll tell you right now that my experience wasn't handled the best. And I feel like they really missed opportunities to kind of wow a customer and show them their five-star service. So how can you turn a dissatisfied pet owner into a loyal advocate? First, I encourage you just to listen attentively to their concerns without being defensive. Let them share. Next, empathize with them. Understand it with them. See it from their point of view. Apologize for their experience, even if it isn't directly your fault. Because the goal here is to acknowledge their feelings. And then after that, present them a solution that actually works for what they want, but also goes above and beyond their expectations somehow. Like, is there a way to wow them? Maybe it's a complimentary service. Maybe it's a discount on the next purchase. Maybe it's just a heartfelt written thank you note of some sort. Maybe not even thank you, just a note acknowledging it. The key is to make people feel valued and appreciated. I sure as heck did not feel valued or appreciated being there. And I was spending thousands of dollars with that week in this, having the hotel rooms and the meals and all of the things. And I was, I I mean, who brings their, I mean, not many people, I shouldn't say who brings their baby to Vegas because I did. I would say not many people would bring their children on a trip like that, but I did. And so it really, I don't know. I, I was, I had this extra layer of, of challenge that I just was like, well, it would be nice if the hotel had acknowledged that. And they didn't. Because remember that a satisfied customer is more likely to refer friends, family, and fellow pet owners to your business. In a world where yes, digital marketing is very important and online marketing is important, but word of mouth and online reviews really matter so much. And this is where your loyal advocates can become your most powerful marketing asset. So all of that And I want you to think about how you handle customer complaints and issues. Do you make it easy for them to express their concerns? Do you hold your team accountable? Do you empower your team? Rate yourself on a scale of one to five. Would you give yourself five stars? You know, as a pet business coach, I'm always looking at these real life situations that can help us reflect and improve on our own businesses. And that's what I think is the most fascinating thing about this story and me sharing it with you is that it's just a great reminder that in our day-to-day lives as consumers, there are business lessons all around us. Maybe it's a marketing win that you experience. Maybe it's an employee interaction or a policy that you don't like that you're experiencing or a billing situation or 
like this customer service experiences that you encounter, whether it's like at the grocery store, dealing with your utilities company, maybe it's with your gym membership, whatever it is. I want you to really open your eyes to the things around you happening outside of your pet business and see what you're experiencing and what you love and what you don't love and how these things may be useful to you to improve your specific pet business. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this discussion today on my story of staying at the Delano and the dirty room with the makeup face print and the ketchup or barbecue sauce along the back of the couch and the half drunk wine bottle to the big long hair in the bathroom to the stain on the comforter to the fingerprints all over the refrigerator to blah, 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 blah. So much stuff. It was pretty wild in the moment, but it ended up being a great trip anyway. And I know that there were lots of other people who stayed at the hotel as well that I know were checking their rooms after watching and hearing about my experience. Because what I ended up doing was I did a Facebook live. I was so heated about this experience. I did a Facebook live that night after I had already missed that meeting and was in my room. And it was funny when we talk about word of mouth, right? So I did that Facebook live. And I think it already has like almost 2000 views on this video. And the next day I went to the trade show, walking the trade show floor. And I would say it was the talk of the trade show. Everybody was talking about (laughs) my hotel room experience and they couldn't believe it. Some people were saying that this is why they hate coming to Vegas. It wasn't even about that hotel particular, but like they just never, they've had bad experiences as well, or they're so shocked or it got them thinking about looking at their room and got them thinking about how they handle customer interactions in their business and customer complaints. So that Facebook live was the talk of the trade show. The scenario was the talk of the trade show. And now I've done a podcast episode about it. And again, it's not so much about like, don't stay at the Delano. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, because we clearly did. And we had a great experience in the next room and all the employees that we interacted with were fantastic. I just am really surprised at some of the red tape that I had to take. And I'm disappointed in the missed opportunity that they they could have really taken here to make that experience better for me uh, of going into the other, like switching rooms or doing something. They could have sent us a, a bottle of wine uh, with a handwritten card. It wouldn't cost them anything. They could have comped something. They could have, I don't know. They could have sent a toy up from a, like one of the stores for my baby, like just some gesture to say, I'm sorry for the inconvenience, because that is what it was. It was really a huge inconvenience that I had to repack, move a sleeping baby, try to juggle the the food room service, getting delivered for dinner. A banner was supposed to be delivered at the same time for our trade show the next day, um, multiple tipping situations, um, having to, you know, just get resettled. It was just so inconvenient. And it was like the last thing that we really needed, you know, So I don't want to say that I was being high maintenance. I don't know. What do you think? Was I being high maintenance or was I really, is it right for me to feel a little disappointed in that experience? I feel like it's a five-star hotel. They really missed the mark. Or maybe I'm just a little more jaded because I, I know that all of us, you know, running businesses really pay so much love and attention and care to our customers' experience that maybe I just am like, I just knew they could do better. So I was just a little disappointed right? But I'm not disappointed in you. What I am is I am excited for you and I believe in you. And I know that that for you, that you are crafting these amazing customer experiences and that you are very thoughtful and intentional with what that experience is like for your customer. And, And maybe this episode is giving you an opportunity to just think about how else could you be reviewing that experience or elevating it 
even more. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. So make sure to send us a message, send us some feedback and let me know what you think about this episode. All right. I'll talk to y'all real soon on the next episode of the Boss Your Business Podcast. I have over two decades worth of experience as a small business owner, and I've helped thousands of pet professionals see success with the strategies and tips that we share. But I bet 100% that you have a question for me. You have a burning business question that you just wish I would record a podcast episode about. Well, now is your chance. We have a website that you can visit where you can submit a question for me that I might record an episode all about. So if you have that burning business question, don't hide it any longer. Share it with me by visiting askpetboss.com. That's askpetboss.com. And tell me your question and it just may turn into a future podcast episode.